Take just a moment, please, and make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apagan los teléfonos celulares, por favor. Open your bulletin at page four, please. You've heard me mention it before. If someone arrived right now, or even later in the Holy Mass, stayed even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Why? What's that about? Well, the Gospel, it's an essential part of the Holy Mass. You can't just skip it. But after this Mass, as you can see there, we have four other Masses. They could attend one of those. You can see on page four, yesterday was the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, August 15th. I should note that the day before, August 14th, that uh, framed image of Our Lady Guadalupe arrived in this church for the first time, so five years ago, on Friday. Um, in April, five years ago, that image was ordered from the Basilica in Mexico City, along with um, uh, a few others. Each one of those images arrived in April, and I said to the folks who, who helped me to order it, I said, you watch every date uh, connected with this image will be significant. So they, um, these two families got together and they were going to frame, uh, have it framed. They looked around. Michael said it was too big. So they looked here. They looked there. They looked everywhere. And uh, I think it was May they turned it in to a place in Plano, Aaron's, to have it framed. So May, June, July, um, August 14th, they got the phone call that it was ready. Oh, what's this business? May, June, July, August, having to wait so long. What is this, the Soviet Union? Right? Well, when the, uh, when the two men went in to, to pick up the picture, evidently the, the man in charge of the place saw what a delay there had been. And, um, and to frame that image in, in that manner... $2,500. They had two others framed at the same time. So the total was uh, $7,500. And the man wrote down, no charge. No charge. It's five years ago. The, um, I asked him, I said, was the man Catholic? He said, he didn't appear to be. Um, I said, oh, I figured it out. When, when, he, when he saw where it was going, St. William and Green, oh, this is for Father Paul? No charge. That happens to me all the time. And the same thing happens every time. Uh, After I hear those beautiful words, no charge, I wake up. It was a dream. Right? Are you crazy? um, So um, uh, $7,500 in a recession, that's amazing. That's amazing. But so many other things have happened. Um, in those intervening years. So the roses above her and the roses over here are for that anniversary and also for Our Lady's Assumption. And by the way, uh, in 11 years I've been here, we've never had artificial flowers. Well, they look so good. What, am I going to bring junk in here? If the flowers turn bad or the plants, we throw them away. We get rid of them. What, I'm going to bring them in here so you can watch them die? Uh-uh. So uh, you'd be surprised. Oh, those are artificial no, they're not. We just take care of them. And if we don't, we get rid of them. So um, the, um, uh, if you turn uh, in the bulletin to page 8, you can see that the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, has factored um, tremendously in our lives. In the recent history of this country, look at the bottom of page 8. You see that um, 
right, the statue right behind me, right behind the American flag, that's the statue of St. Francis Xavier. He and um, five others uh, on the hill overlooking Paris, Montmartre, they started the Jesuit order in 1534 on August 15th. Um, you might recognize one of those Jesuits named Pope Francis. Yeah, he's a Jesuit. On August 15, 1549, this saint, St. Francis Xavier, um, he uh, landed on that last big island in the chain of Japan and began to preach. Uh, the, the biggest city on that island was Nagasaki. Yeah, so for centuries, uh, Catholics have been there, while in Japan itself, less than 1% are Catholic. And then, of course, you see there at the bottom of page 8, August 15, 1945, the Emperor of Japan announced on the radio. Kids are saying, what's the radio? Ask your mom, ask your dad. Announced on the radio the total and unconditional surrender of the Empire of Japan. But wait a minute, I thought the victory in Japan Day, VJ Day, was August 14th. It is. And if you cross the international date line over in Japan, where he announced it, it's August 15th. When you look at the dates... Um, surrounding the first moments of World War II, the dates surrounding the end of World War II. It's amazing that they coincide with the first and last moments of Our Lady's life. The, um, page 9, you can see the, um, some of the um, central doc, uh, paragraphs about the dogma of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially at the bottom that the Immaculate Mother of God, the Ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Jesus ascended into heaven under his own steam. Our Lady was assumed. Jesus called her to himself. So she died, right? Well, no. So she died, right? Uh, well, no. So she was alive. Well, no. We don't know. They had very poor video from 2,000 years ago, so we can't really tell. The, um, we do know that she did cross um, into heaven. Um, so after Jesus, um, death and resurrection and ascension, we know that there's, a, there's, a, there's one other there, at least one other there, Our Lady, in the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So it, it's really a, uh, an important um, dogma that we do not study, we do not contemplate. Page 10, all that business about um, Nagasaki is um, uh, part of this book. I mentioned it last Sunday. There it is listed as number two on page 10. And then at the bottom of page 10, um, there are two books. If you look up those books on Amazon, they want $500 for each book. No, don't pay that price. You can get those books used anywhere. Um, don't pay $500 for a book the, uh, unless I'm selling it. The, uh, I want you to buy at least two. Then um, page 11, the cover of the bulletin, you see that Dr. Takashi Nagai. He was a scientist. He was a pagan. He was in the uh, Army of Japan. Before the war, he converted to be a Catholic. And he was personally um, affected the day they dropped the bomb over his... Um, city. And that was August of 1945. In November of 1945, the survivors of Nagasaki got together and they said, we need to have a service for those people who died. 
and they elected him to give the funeral address. As they would say in Japanese, oops. Yeah, because when you read page 11 and 12, oh man, don't you know they were mad. Some of them were mad when they heard what he said. Essentially, you need to read it. Essentially, what he said was, uh, as a as a Japanese, as a scientist, and yes, as a Catholic, he saw it as the hand of God, providence. Um, so, well, I don't, what does he mean? Well, read it. It's, it's the front and back of one page. Then last Saturday and last Sunday, I talked about the beginning of chapter 18 in this book, Fatima for Today, how the... Um, the bomb, was bopped, the bomb was dropped over Hiroshima on August 6th, 70 years ago. Less than a mile from where the bomb was detonated, there is a Catholic church. It's Our Lady of the Assumption. There it is again, the Assumption. The church was not damaged. The rectory was not damaged. The people inside the church were not hurt. And you can look, three paragraphs from the bottom, um, in the intervening decades... Doctors have examined the survivors inside that church over 200 times. Um, I bet I bet they didn't charge them, but they couldn't find any evidence of any kind of uh, any trace of radiation in their bodies. Uh, remember last week I preached on this. Well, I found this on Monday. I'm, I'm so glad. I've never heard of this before. Evidently, it's out there. The Catholic Church does a terrible job. In advertising, she really does. Well, um, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God, and yeah, He's here in Holy Communion. But other than that, it's just nothing. Yeah, that's what the Catholic Church says every day. It just does a lousy job getting the uh, getting the word out. So here's a here's a tremendous miracle. Did you notice? It even names the four priests. Two of the four priests are named Hubert. I need to study Saint Hubert's life, right? He's the uh, Two out of four priests there, they were named Hubert, and they were all Jesuits. Isn't that amazing? The, um, I bet the Jesuits today like to hear that those guys all prayed the rosary. <laughs> and look what it says, the second paragraph from the bottom on page 13. Um, we were living the message of Fatima, and we prayed the rosary every day. Friends, uh, if you ask your children, tell me, Father Paul just... just goes on and on about the message of Fatima. Tell me, what is the message of Fatima? Crickets, right? Well, pray the rosary every day and make sacrifices for the conversion of sinners around the world and for peace in the world. Is that too hard? No, it's, it's not too hard to remember. But ask your kids. Ask your kids that question. Uh, and you have to re- remind them again and again. So we were living the message of Fatima, and we prayed the rosary every day. It, it also mentions there bishop, the bishop of uh, Japan now. His name is Bishop Tarsicio Isayo Kikuchi. Um, yesterday, August 15th, is the feast of St. Tarsicius, or Tarsicio, or the, um, over there you see the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If you have your glasses on, you can see the smaller image in front of them. That's the image of St. Tarsicius. You think, is, was that a boy? Is that a girl? You know how when children are very young, there's kind of a stage where they go through where it's 
you know, that you can't really tell sometimes. He was so young, he was such a young man, but being a young man, he knew about Jesus' presence, real presence in Holy Communion. And he died defending Jesus in Holy Communion. If a little kid can get it. See what I mean? Yesterday was the Feast of St. Tarsisius. Um, let's go back to page 5, if you would. I've got to wrap this up. Um, you see there on page 5 that Wednesday uh, is the Feast of St. John Hughes. He's the one who promoted the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It also says, on this day, Our Lady of Fatima appeared to the three children in Portugal because she asked the children to come every month on the 13th of the month. Well, you notice how Wednesday is the 19th? What happened there? The kids, the three kids, were on their way to see Our Lady on the 13th. See, back in 1917, it, wasn't, it hasn't been that long ago, people used to walk places. Now we just, you know, you get in the car, you drive across the street, right? So the kids were on their way to Fatima to see Our Lady when the mayor of the next town over, Orem, he showed up with his car and he said, get in, I'll drive you there. And he kidnapped them. They were gone for more than two days. He kidnapped them. The parents didn't know where they were. These are kids 10, 8, and 7. Two girls and a boy. Uh, they spent the night in jail. Oh, no, no. Not off to themselves. There were common prisoners there. And then the, the, the mayor of that place was a, a wretch. He was trying to get the kids to say that they were lying or to tell him other information. He would tell the kids one by one separately, um, I have already killed the other two and I'm going to boil you in oil unless you tell me these things or unless you tell us that you lied. And the kids said no. So um, when the kids were returned, Our Lady appeared to them on August the 19th. Look on uh, Thursday. It says Thursday, August 20th. It's the feast of Pope St. Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. He would get a laugh out of that. St. Bernard was not the Pope. Um, but I just gave him a promotion. <laughs> Thursday is the Feast of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, one of the original Cistercians. And then Friday is the Feast of Pope St. Pius X, a tremendous saint of the Eucharist 100 years ago. Saturday is the Feast of uh, the Queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, the fifth glorious mystery is the Coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Queenship of Mary, Coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the same thing. And um, page 7. If you're considering entering the Catholic Church or you would like to know more about the Catholic Church, you don't have to join, but if you'd like to learn more about the Catholic Church, here are the classes. They're just a month away, September 16th. Now you watch. Sometime around the end of November, people are going to come up to you and say, when are the classes? When are the classes to learn how to be a Catholic? Um, back there in September. Friends, it happens every year in September. Is this a surprise? No, it's not. But um, anyway, I'm just, we need to get the word out. There is no charge. Uh, things have been uh, changed around here. The, the baby Jesus, the statue of the baby Jesus that used to be over here, he's up there now. Um, the sister who was principal at my grade school, Sister Eileen, she's from Ireland, right off the boat from Ireland. She was teaching at St. Philip's in Dallas. She had a great devotion to the baby Jesus. 
every everywhere she lives, she has a statue of the baby Jesus right there in the chapel. And and she's very she says the baby Jesus answers her prayers. So she was principal in my grade school. So she's used to um, to dealing with children. So um, whenever somebody when she, whenever she would have a special intention, she'd put it under the statue of the baby Jesus. Sometime there was a stack of intentions under the baby Jesus. It's kind of wobbly there. When it the, they say that if you need money, you pray to the baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, being principal at that school and other schools, other poor schools, she was often knocking at the door, the baby Jesus. Um, and she would say, she would say, now listen, I need money. And, and the baby Jesus would come across, right? She always had a special corner for him and she put his image up there. And when he wouldn't listen, you know what she would do? She would take that statue and she would turn it around. And she would say, and you're going to stay in the corner. <laughs> and she, she, would get, she would get her money. She would get her money. I remember her telling me the same thing. You're going you're gonna to sit in that corner. <laughs> so we have the baby Jesus over there, up there. Uh, but over here, you can see that described from the bottom, St. Therese at the top, the holy face. But you can read about that on page 7. I'm not going to go into all of that because you can read about it. The, the picture on the cover of the bulletin is not very good. Why did I choose it? Because you can actually see the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary behind this scientist. Well, you know, faith and reason don't go together. That's what you hear morning, noon, and night on TV from your friends, from your family, from your coworkers, um, from fellow Christians. Well, faith and reason, they don't go together. That's wrong. Here is a scientist, okay? And I've just described him. You can read more about him or not. Uh, but here in the background is a statue of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, um, the, uh, in fact, he married a woman uh, whose ancestors go all the way back to the first martyrs of Nagasaki. After St. Francis Xavier preached there, the church began to be persecuted. And um, St. Paul Miki was the first priest from Japan, a native of Japan. And um, some, um, some um, people who left North America and traveled to Japan, they were martyred there too. Yeah, after the faith was planted here, some of those new converts went over there and they were martyred. So uh, it's, a great, it's a great picture when you, when you think of how this man um, uh, can help us in so many ways. Okay, now for the homily here. Oh, and please, please, please pray for rain during this Mass. In honor of Our Lady's Assumption, please pray for a generous rain. Um, the, uh, it's so very dry out there. I, I heard it on the news. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. The man who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Years ago, um, I knew a family in Plano, and um, their first 
uh, four kids um, that came along. A girl, a girl, a girl, a girl. And it was then they got to the boys. So God was blessing them because before the boys came along, the girls were born so they could clean up the mess. But anyway, so girl, 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 girl. Then the boys came along uh, and another girl. So anyway, they were they were at home in Plano and mom was walking down the hall and she overheard the tail end of a conversation. They uh, evidently the three oldest girls were grilling number four. They evidently the three uh, older girls wanted to go somewhere else for mass. But the little girl was insistent she wanted to go to St. Williams. So this is where mom began, began hearing the conversation. The, little, the number four says to one, two, and three, no, no, you, you don't understand. I, I, I love St. Williams. I, I love Father Paul. It, it's not just the donuts. You know what that really means, don't it? Don't you? It means it really is the donuts. <laughs> it's like when you hear them on TV and they say, it's not the money. That means it's the money. No, no, no. I, I love St. Williams. I, I love Father Paul. It's not just the donuts. <laughs> the um, uh, children, uh, children often, um, will, will tell us that they don't understand they can tell us in a verbal way or they can tell us in a non-verbal way. When I was a kid, uh, by this time of the summer, my own dad, I have a younger brother and two older sisters. By this time of the summer, my dad would have already said uh, a million times, close the door. I can't air condition the backyard. Now, why did he have to say that a million times? Well, we got it the first time, right? And then we deleted it. And then he told us and we deleted it. Why is this important? Because parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, we have to recognize that children, while they may take in the information, it doesn't stick around for a long time. Um, and even with our best efforts, even with our best efforts, children... Um, children just don't get it um, on so many levels. About five years ago, uh, there was a, a young man ordained as a priest in our diocese. He's down in Corsicana now, Father Jason Cargo. After he was ordained, he, he went on Catholic radio. They were having one of those fundraisers for Catholic radio. So Father Jason was talking on Catholic radio. Again, the kids are saying, what's radio? Ask your, ask your parents. Anyway, so he was talking about when he was a kid in Plano. I know it seems like Plano Day here in Greenville, doesn't it? Um, he grew up in Plano and his family attended St. Mark's in Plano. Probably he went to CCD there in pre-K or K, right? And then all the way through the grade school, all the way through high school, probably went to every summer camp they had and all that. When he finished high school, he went off to college and so did his brother. Father Jason went to Texas A&M Bryan College Station and his brother went to UT Austin. Now, isn't it amazing? You, you don't want your sons to fight and you send them to those two colleges. <laughs> what? Um, couldn't send them to uh, OU, right? The, uh, anyway, so uh, 
uh, Jason went up to Austin to see his brother. And his brother, he told the story on radio that he and his brother and his brother's girlfriend, now she's his wife, they were sitting out in the front yard of the fraternity house, the frat house, and, um, and they were talking about what people talk about all the time in front of frat houses. They were talking about Holy Communion. Yeah. After how many beers, right? The, um, no, they were actually talking about Holy Communion. And the girlfriend said, in Holy Communion, Jesus is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, Jason said, what did you say? She said, yeah, in Holy Communion, Jesus is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. For, for Jason, that was the first time he had ever heard those words. He had been through all those years at CCD, an, an excellent uh, CCD program, no doubt. It was the first time he heard that. How many times did someone tell him that in Holy Communion, Jesus is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in Holy Communion, and it didn't register? Um, you know, um, like they say, he had the T-shirt, the ball cap, and the coffee mug, but he didn't understand the real presence, like what Jesus says in today's Gospel. Jesus says, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Uh, so Jesus is very direct, very explicit. And yet, there are so many Catholic Christians, so many non-Catholic Christians, who believe that what Jesus says in today's gospel is a symbol that is not correct. Uh, we don't believe um, that it's a symbol. We believe he is truly well, how does he say it? He says, my flesh is true food. He doesn't say my flesh is symbolic flesh. He says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Um, this, is, um, this is amazing because, as I mentioned in the announcements, yesterday was the Feast of the Assumption. It was also the Feast of St. Tarsisius. Um, the, um, five years ago, if you type in St. Tarsisius and Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict Pope Benedict the uh, 16th gave a beautiful talk, and you can read about it online. He gave a beautiful talk about this example of faith in the young boy, St. Tarsisius. He's the patron saint of altar boys, patron saint of altar servers. So you ought to go and look at it. Back in 2010, he gave this talk. St. Tarsisius, if St. Tarsisius could understand that and be willing to die for it, the way the Children at Fatima were willing to be boiled in oil, um, really, because it was true. What they saw, what they heard, they weren't going to say it wasn't true. So um, when, um, when we think about it, we always have to be um, reinforcing these things with our children because how easy it is for them to reach up with just one finger and hit delete, delete, delete. Well, you never told me that uh, Jesus was truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, the Holy Communion. Well, of course we have. I mean, it, it's right on, on the same level with close the door. I can't air condition the whole backyard. When, um, when uh, um, Fulton Sheen, again, the priest who wrote this book, uh, Father Andrew Apostoli, the Vatican put Father Apostoli in charge of the canonization of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and very soon he will be canonized. Um, he, uh, he's on the way to being a saint. Before he was on TV, he was on the radio. So he came into the homes of 
uh, Catholic Christians, non-Catholic Christians, pagans. Um, and he talked about these things. One of the things that he was famous for doing, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, was talking about the Mass as a sacrifice. Now, you can look on pages 4 and 5 in the bulletin and you can see every day we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass here. And I wish I could say that, uh, yes, since I was ordained a priest, I always refer to the Mass as the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. It's not true. Maybe 20 years ago I started putting in the bulletin um, because I, I recognized there was a need that people, i got to go to Mass, but they didn't understand the uh, sacrifice. Now, so often <coughs> when uh, people don't understand this, they bring up questions. And they, they make us, they make us um, think that every day, um, every day um, we're doing something and it's ridiculous what they think. It's like Bill O'Reilly's book, Killing Jesus. I uh, haven't read it yet. I heard it's good. Um, but uh, I'm sure there are things in there I would disagree with. But um, uh, so many people think that when we talk about the Mass as a sacrifice, that we take him and we just crucify him again. Kind of like the old movie Groundhog Day. Um, we just do this over and over again. No. There is one sacrifice. Um, Jesus offers himself on the sacrifice. But in, um, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Jesus' um, perfect sacrifice is represented here by the power of the Holy Spirit in an unbloody manner. My kids know that. My spouse knows that. My grandchildren know that. Oh, yeah? yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Where do they hear it? <clears throat> Father Jason had been through... Uh, so many years of CCD, etc. First time he heard it, um, the most unlikely of places, in front of a fraternity house, right? The um, <clears throat> how many times? But I was 29, and then five days later I would turn 30 when I was ordained a priest. So I was um, I was in mass just as you are today, sitting there um, or kneeling in mass after receiving Holy Communion. I would hear people in front of me or back of me on Sunday, um, a man or a woman, um, they, the usual things that people talk about after receiving Holy Communion. So I'm kneeling there, and I would hear him or her lean over and whisper. You know, whispering in churches are, you know, yeah, everybody can hear you. The, um, um, and they would say those words, those beautiful words that we've all heard before, are we going over for yeah, and everybody, everybody heard you, right? Are we going over for donuts? It's not just the little girl in Plano. Are we going over for donuts? Well, friends, after receiving, I have just personally received the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in Holy Communion in an unbloody manner, and I'm thinking about donuts. Oh, I mean, look at me. Do you think I like donuts? Of course I do. But remember what uh, that Jesuit priest said? I mentioned him a few weeks ago. Uh, Pope Benedict said, bread is important. Liberty is more important. What is most important is unbroken fidelity and faithful adoration of unbroken fidelity. Yeah, donuts are important. Liberty is more important. What is most important is the holy sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The... Um, 
when you read later on the funeral address of this scientist who was hurt at Nagasaki, um, there in 1945, 70 years ago in November, he said that uh, the people of Nagasaki, the Catholics of Nagasaki, there, there in the center of the city of Nagasaki, a beautiful city, was the Cathedral of the Assumption. And Catholics lived in the homes around the cathedral because they wanted to be close to church. And when the war began, Catholics would fill that cathedral night and day, praying for what? Praying for that God would accept them as a sacrifice to bring an end to the war and peace to Japan. Isn't that the message of Fatima? Pray for the conversion of sinners and for peace in the world. They were saying, Lord, take us as a sacrifice. You can't read the Old Testament without seeing some man offering a sacrifice. He gets an animal, kills the animal, builds a fire, and has a barbecue. That's what the sacrifices are in the Old Testament. Most of those sacrifices involved um, eating the sacrifice. Some of them, the, the flesh would be burnt up. Totally. But most of those sacrifices, the people who killed the animal, built the fire, barbecued the animal, they ate the sacrifice so that they could cement the deal, seal the deal with God. Um, we pledge to do this and this and that, right? Uh, so uh, the, um, the sac those sacrifices in the Old Testament, and aren't they bothersome? I mean, you... You turn page after page, and there they go. They're killing a bull. They're killing an ox. They're killing a goat. And they build a fire, and they sacrifice. Doesn't that get tedious? All of those sacrifices are getting us ready for the sacrifice. This one sacrifice, which is represented by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, um, Dr. Takashi Nagai mentioned that when the bomb was dropped over Nagasaki 70 years ago, last Sunday, it was supposed to fall over the defense plant. The wind carried the bomb and it fell right over the cathedral. The people in the cathedral, the Catholics in the cathedral and around in the, in the, in the cathedral district vaporized. But they just went up in smoke like a like a sacrifice. The word in Japanese is Hanzai. They had been praying for years that God would, would accept them, them as a Hanzai, as a worthy sacrifice. Of course, what they were doing was they were uniting their lives with his perfect sacrifice to be accepted by God the Father. Now, let's tie this up real quick. Friends, when I was a kid, um, the cowboys used to go to the Super Bowl and win. I know, the kids are saying, what? That, I've never heard of that. Yeah, when I was a kid, the Cowboys used to go to the Super Bowl and actually win. Uh, I know it just, nah, it's impossible. Um, the, um, it wasn't enough to just go to the Super Bowl. They had to go to the Super Bowl and win. But when they won, it was in our living room. Clap, 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 clap. Just oh, right. The uh, just a great, uh, great celebration. What happened yesterday with the Feast of the Assumption is um, 
is the spiritual equivalent, if you will. Our Lady, at the end of her earthly life, is assumed into heaven. That's the goal that she was, um, was straining for her entire life. And she crosses the goal into heaven. And most Catholics don't even give it a thought. We don't. And then we don't talk about it to our kids, our grandkids. Oh, they know that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Close the door. I can't air condition the whole backyard. They don't get that, but they're going to get the assumption. Right, sure. Uh-huh. So, um, well, why is that? Friends, if you actually speak to your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your neighbors, your nieces and nephews, today, so many, so many just think that you die, uh, you can... You can live as you want. You die. You're going to heaven. You're going to heaven whether you want to or not. Get in the car. We're going. You're going to heaven whether you want to or not. When you get to heaven, Hitler will be there. Saddam Hussein will be there. Mao Zedong will be there. When the Castros finally die at 185, they'll be in heaven too. Right? Every wretch who has ever killed millions of their own people, they will be in heaven and we're going to be there too. Does that make sense? Absolutely not then why is it that so many Catholic Christians and non-Catholic Christians believe it? I don't know. It, it makes no sense. God, they believe, is a blithering idiot. I don't believe that. No. I, look, I pray for my enemies and for their conversion and that, um, um, that they eventually will go to heaven. There is nobody in politics. I mean, there are some people, when they speak, they say, and... They say the, I disagree with them. Do I want them to go to hell? No. Well, kinda. I gotta be honest, right? I gotta struggle against that. I don't want them out of heaven for all eternity. We call that place hell, right? We call that place hell. So you, you live, you die, you go to heaven. That's why we don't talk about these things because heaven is automatic. Heaven is um, heaven is an entitlement, and that is a lie. That is a lie, and it's all over the place. We've all heard it at that Catholic funeral. We've all heard Father so and so, or Bishop so and so, or Deacon so and so, some so and so, say that, and everybody, yeah, and it's wrong. Uh, what was Our Lady of Fatima talking about? She just some fanatic? No, she wants all of us with her, but she recognizes it's going to cost us everything. She wants us to pray every day the Rosary for the conversion of sinners to bring peace into the world. She wants us to unite our sacrifices with His perfect sacrifice, as Jesus says so beautifully. The man who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.